This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Hi there, everybody. It's Jennifer, Art Curious host here in your ears today with our short form Friday roundup of my favorite art history updates and news tidbits. This is Art Curious News This Week, and this gets you up to date on some of the latest goings on in art history. Today is Friday, November 11th, 2022. And let me start today not with the news, but with a huge, huge thank you. You stepped up for me and for Art Curious last week when I got vulnerable with you and asked for your support. Thank you to the dozens of you who joined Patreon and for those who donated outright. I am beyond humbled and so grateful. Thank you. If you haven't joined Patreon yet, remember that for as little as $4 a month, you can get an ad-free feed of this very show. More details are available at patreon.com slash artcurious. You can find the link in our show notes for today's episode in your podcast app or on our website, artcuriouspodcast.com. Now, on to the news. This was another big news week in the art world. So let's begin with Wednesday night's record-smashing art sale of the late Microsoft co-founder Paul G. Allen's art collection. Given its own special sale with a sale title also, Visionary, the Paul G. Allen collection, has been split into two sales to feature over 150 works of art. Wednesday night's sale was the first of these, featuring 60 pieces. And y'all, we knew that this was always going to be a huge sale, But just how huge it ended up being may have been a little bit of a surprise to some. The entire collection, featuring works of art by Paul Cézanne, Vincent van Gogh, Louise Bourgeois, Jasper Johns, Georgia O'Keeffe, David Hockney, Agnes Martin, Gustav Klimt, George Seurat, I keep going on and on, was estimated to be worth over $1 billion, with a B, dollars. This first sale alone netted more than that for half of the collection topping out at over $1.5 billion, making this single event the largest art auction ever, with multiple works breaking that significant $100 million mark. At least one of these paintings, a completely exquisite painting titled Birch Forest by Gustav Klimt, which is one of my favorites of that particular artist and one that I've actually profiled several times on my Instagram account in the past, that one broke records on its own for the most expensive auction result for that particular artist. But for me, here is the best part. Per the late collector's wishes, all proceeds from the sale, both part one and part two, will be going to philanthropic causes. According to the New York Times, the estate has not made public the list of beneficiaries for the sale as they didn't want to discourage buyers who might not necessarily agree with those particular charitable causes. But history has been made, and perhaps an entire new season of Art Curious, Art Auction Audacity Part 2 could be built around this landmark event. Next up, it's another big news item, but not as happy of one. This week, the art world lost Lee Bontecou, the acclaimed artist whose death at age 91 was reported this week by the New York Times. Bontecou's works are typically these wall or ceiling mounted sculptures that are sometimes jarring and often disturbing and totally original 
and she got both big attention and gallery representation in the mid-1960s, a very macho time in the art world, and she became one of the first female artists to enter this hierarchical subset of society when she was picked up by the famed Leo Castelli Gallery in New York. Using everything from industrial parts salvaged from old machinery to dense, delicious velveteen, Bontecou's works just grip you and bring you closer and sometimes repel you at the same time. And she was heralded by the art world as something special from the beginning. The artist Donald Judd called her, quote, one of the best artists working anywhere, unquote. And he defined her pieces as living in an in-between state, this middle realm that was, quote, a three-dimensional form that was neither painting nor sculpture, unquote. A commission for a 21-foot-long sculpture for Lincoln Center planted her even more firmly on the art star map. Though Lee Bontecou received this attention early on in her career, she was also exhausted by the New York art scene, instigating a move with her young family outside of the city into Pennsylvania. And she commuted into the city for the better part of 20 years to teach at Brooklyn College during the latter half of her life. When, beginning in the 1990s, her work began to receive an uptick in attention, she often ignored requests for loans or exhibitions, including ones from the famed Whitney Biennial. And there is such bravery in that. Critics also sometimes bemoaned her distance, her self-imposed exile from New York at a time when it was acknowledged as the center of the art world. But in the words of Bontecou herself, quote, I've never left the art world. I am in the real art world, unquote. Lee Bontecou was an original, an inspiration, and she will be missed. More stories are coming at you from Art Curious News this week, so please continue to support the show by listening to a couple of ads if you aren't a Patreon. And we'll be right back. Thanks. A few years ago, I began composting in my backyard. But has it been easy? Oh, no, definitely not. My family is constantly fretting about the composition of green waste versus brown matter. Am I throwing in too many banana peels and not enough cardboard? Are the coffee grounds going to break down into something that will be healthy for my plants? In short, I love composting, but it's kind of complicated to actually do it. But then I got a Lomi. Lomi is a countertop electric composter that turns scraps into dirt in under four hours. So with just the push of a button, my food scraps, even those mystery containers of takeout that are languishing in the back of my fridge, are gone. All done without the mess and the smell. And when it runs, it is quieter than my dishwasher. And it feels good, too. Since I got my Lomi, I throw out way less garbage. And that means I'm not putting stuff in landfills and producing methane as much. Instead, I'm turning my waste into nutrient-rich dirt that I can feed to my plants. So I have way less garbage, I am minimizing my personal carbon footprint, and I'm helping to grow my garden with less effort, confusion, and mess. So win, 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 win. If you want to start making a positive environmental impact or just make cleanup after dinner that much easier, Lomi is perfect for you. Head to Lomi.com slash ArtCurious and use the promo code ArtCurious to get $50 off your Lomi. That is $50 off when you head to Lomi.com slash ArtCurious and use promo code ArtCurious at checkout. Food waste is gross, but Lomi is your solution. With the holidays just around the corner, Lomi will make the perfect gift for someone on your shopping list. 
This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Welcome back to Art Curious and our news this week. For our last story, we are heading to the Middle East for something completely different. This week, the Egyptian Ministry of Tourism and Antiquities announced that archaeologists have uncovered what they are referring to as a secret tunnel underneath a structure called Tap Osiris Magna, a temple dedicated to Osiris, the famous god of the dead of ancient Egyptian mythology. Catherine Martins, an archaeologist with the Dominican Egyptian Archaeological Mission of the University of San Domingo, has been excavating Taposiris Magna for about 20 years, and in 2021, her team uncovered 16 burial chambers with two mummies therein, with hopes that additional digs would uncover the remains of none other than Cleopatra and Mark Antony themselves. Now, while not nearly as flashy as that discovery would be, this tunnel is being described by Martins as a, quote, engineering miracle, unquote, one that stretches for over 4,300 feet in length and over six feet in height. It remained undiscovered for literal thousands of years because it had been previously submerged in water after the temple collapsed following a series of earthquakes between 320 CE and 1303 CE. And Martins is hopeful that this tunnel bodes well for future findings. So far, the team has uncovered coins featuring the images of both Cleopatra and Alexander the Great, as well as ceramics, statues of various Egyptian deities, and alabaster busts. So I am sure that we will be hearing more about this archaeological project in the months and years to come. Before we go, two updates in brief to some news stories that I shared previously on Art Curious News this week. First, Art News reported that the first comprehensive online database of the world's looted works from the Kingdom of Benin is now up and running. Called Digital Benin, this tool has cataloged and identified more than 5,000 works of art that were taken from the African Kingdom by British colonists in the late 19th century. And it documents their current locations, provenance histories, and this is my favorite part, oral histories, quote, narrated by Benin artists and elders that expand on the significance of the artworks to local art and culture, unquote. I love this. This database was put together by an international team led by Barbara Plankensteiner, the director of the Museum am Rothenburg Kulturen and Kunst der Welt in Hamburg. Sorry for my German there. So dig in, folks. What an incredible resource this is, and one that I imagine and hope will have a great influence on the ongoing restitution battles for these precious cultural treasures. And last up, and I will only give a tiny amount to airtime to this one, but climate protesters are at it again, this time scrawling ink all over some screen prints, framed and under glass, of course, by Andy Warhol that were on view at the National Gallery of Australia in Canberra. The goal, according to the responsible group called Stop Fossil Fuel Subsidies, is working to raise awareness of Australia's dependence and support of use of fossil fuels. 
All right, everyone. Thank you again for listening to Art Curious News this week. And as always, let me know if you liked this episode. You can find me on Instagram, where I'm faster to respond, though not always quick, so bear with me. Or you can email me via the contact form on my website, artcuriouspodcast.com. New videos on YouTube this week include one where I act out the kinds of phone calls that you get when you are an art museum curator. This is a fun one, I promise. And if you missed it, definitely check out the video with the kind of questions you get when you are an art history major. All of these things have actually happened to me, and I hope that my slightly painful history can be mined for your humor. In the meantime, thank you for your support, your kind words, and for listening today. Until next time, Stay curious.